Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2411 with the release date of Friday, January 12, 2024 to follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST. Students build their way to a direct contact with space, a six-month extension for hams on some bands in Germany, and a moment of honor for soda on the islands of Scotland. All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2411 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline, Amateur Radio's first independent on-the-air news and bulletin service. Now reporting from Charleston, West Virginia, here's Jim Dameron in a TMW. We begin this week with a story that captivated the national media here in the United States and social media everywhere. It was a contact made barely a month ago between Pennsylvania high school students and astronauts aboard the International Space Station. This was a contact, however, with something that set it apart from many. Kent Peterson, KC0DGY, tells us how it happened. Like so many other hundreds of contacts that have been made over the years between students and ISS astronauts, the well-publicized QSO with Harbor Creek High School near Erie, Pennsylvania, relied on the support of volunteers and staff who are part of the amateur radio on the International Space Station. They assisted with scheduling and helped coordinate the contact with NASA Mission Control in Houston. This was a very different QSO, however. About three-quarters of the participating high school students were licensed amateur radio operators, young hams who developed, built, installed, and operated the radio system in preparation for this high-profile contact. They even assembled the antennas that were installed on the school building's roof. In other words, this was a direct contact between the school and the ISS, with no telebridge or phone patch to serve as the customary go-between. This kind of hands-on student involvement is uncommon in the long history of ERIS and its 1,600 or so educational contacts, according to Frank Bauer, KA3HDO, Executive Director of ERIS USA. He told Newsline in an email that ERIS strongly encourages this kind of hands-on student involvement, but doesn't see it often. He told Newsline, quote, It's a rarity to be celebrated, end quote. Frank said that working with Educational Lead Assistant Principal Drew Mortensen, AC3DS, the teens in the Harbor Creek Advanced Technologies Group handled the ISS satellite operations on their own. Watching the contact happen, ERIS technical mentor Gordon Scannell, KD8COJ, told the local newspaper, quote, they've done this, they know how to do this, end quote. The result was a QSO with Commander Andreas Mogensen, KG5GCZ. It was arranged by ERIS and NASA, but made by students. And it was a contact the nation, if not the world, got to watch. This is Kent Peterson, KC0, DGY. If you regularly promise yourself the moon for many of your radio contacts, you may have something to offer to fellow hams attending the next Earth-Moon-Earth Communications Conference later this year. Cell MB KB3TZD has those details. Organizers of the 20th International Earth-Moon-Earth Communications Conference have chosen the campus of the College of New Jersey as the host site for August 9th through 11th, but they still need presenters to discuss advancements in the mode. Although the conference focuses on operations at 432 MHz and above, amateurs with experience and expertise on 50 MHz, 144 MHz, and 222 MHz are also welcome. Presentations can range from 25 minutes to 50 minutes long, 
and can cover such topics as issues and procedures for EME options, unusual equipment, software, and, of course, EME operating experiences. The New Jersey campus, just outside of Trenton, is central to Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, and New York City. A new feature this year will be a live course called EME 101 for operators who are looking to get started in EME or want additional tips on gear or techniques for the different bands. This one-day class is separate from the EME conference and takes place on Friday, August 9th. Registration fee is $50, but attendees at the three-day conference will be able to attend the EME 101 class at no extra charge. See the website address in the text version of this week's newscast at arnewsline.org for additional details. If you wish to be a presenter at the conference, you will find more information about what the organizers need in advance. This is Salembi, KB3TZD. Hams in Germany who've been enjoying temporary privileges on some bands will be able to use them for six more months, as Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, tells us. Amateurs in Germany who were using temporarily allocated frequencies on 160 meters, 6 meters, and 4 meters, as well as Class E license holders being allowed to use the 13 centimeter and 5 centimeter bands, have been given a six month extension from the telecommunications regulator BNETS A. The announcement was made in late December in the regulator's newsletter, which noted that the extension expires on the 30th of June. Until then, all license, class, polarization and power restrictions remain in place and use continues to be on a non-interference basis. The extension permits the use of 1.8 and 2 MHz on weekends for contests. It also grants continued use of 50 to 52 MHz and 70.150 to 70.210 MHz. In the meantime, German amateurs who want to test for the new entry-level Class N license later this year are advised to monitor the DARC website at 50ohm.de for updates on the exam syllabus, which is considered compatible with the requirements for the CEPT entry-level license. This is Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. A ham operator who was best known as a beloved TV weatherman even after his retirement 22 years ago has become a silent key. We hear about him from Andy Morrison, K9AWM. Marty Engstrom, N1ARY, was forever known as Marty on the Mountain among viewers of Maine's TV station WMTW Channel 8. His real job from atop Mount Washington, New England's highest peak, was to keep the station's transmitters on the air from there. Marty reluctantly agreed to read the regional weather report on camera as well, despite having no background in meteorology, and until his retirement in 2002, his folk seat delivery, awkward smile, and his clip-on tie became his trademark. In 2019, he was inducted into the Maine Association of Broadcasters Hall of Fame. Marty died on January 4th at his home in Maine after a brief illness, according to local news reports. He was 86. This is Andy Morrison, K9AWM. Hams on the late night and East Coast reflectors are missing a good-natured, good-humored member of their community. We hear about him from Dave Parks, WB8ODF. Tom Molyneux Jr., KE3GK, was an avid contester on both SSB and CW and had the awards hanging all over his shack walls to prove it. 
He was a member of the Northeast Maryland Amateur Radio Club. Licensed since 1991, Tom served as an influence and example for hams and non-hams alike, but was perhaps proudest of the ham radio interest he sparked in one of his five grandchildren, his grandson Grayson. Tom became a silent key on the 9th of January. Recalled by his radio friends as friendly, funny, and always willing to help newcomers, he was also an eager volunteer, brainstorming ideas to keep his fellow amateurs engaged. His more popular ideas included a Saturday 9 a.m. net on 40 meters and the East Coast Reflectors net, the second cup, also at 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. A veteran of the U.S. Navy, he leaves behind his family, including his wife Phyllis, who he had known since he was seven years old. Tom was a friend of mine. He was 66. I'm Dave Parks, WB8ODF. It's going to be a busy year for the Ham Radio Village, K0HRV, helping nurture and create new licensed hams. George Zafiropoulos, KJ6VU, has the details. Members of the maker communities, as well as people involved in STEM and STEAM activities, will be getting enhanced access to the path to prepare for an amateur radio license with the help of an $18,000 grant from Amateur Radio Digital Communications. The funds are being given to the Ham Radio Village, K0HRV, a Colorado-based nonprofit that has been advocating for more individuals in various technical fields to get their amateur radio licenses. As always, Ham Radio Village intends to provide these communities with hands-on experience, expertise on amateur radio issues, and to lead licensed testing both online and in person. Ham Radio Village is known for its presence at DEF CON, a hacker convention held every year in Las Vegas, and hopes that this grant money will take its efforts beyond there. The outreach will include such other conferences as GNU Radio or GRCon, Maker Fairs, and the IEEE Communications Conference. This is George Zafiropoulos, KJ6VU. Time to identify your station. We're the Amateur Radio Newsline, heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the WA2EHL repeater in Burlington, New Jersey, Fridays at 7 p.m. local time. New Starlink satellites have been launched in preparation for the start of experimental texting via space. Kent Peterson, KC0DGY, brings us up to date. SpaceX has announced that the recent launch and deployment of six Starlink satellites is expected to enable texting from space this year on an experimental basis for mobile phones in partnership with cellular operators. SpaceX has partnered with T-Mobile USA to conduct the initial tests, and also has agreements with providers in Switzerland, New Zealand, Japan, Canada, and Chile. The company is hoping the satellites will help eliminate cellular dead zones, enabling users to send text messages even when they are in regions outside the T-Mobile network. The Starlink model differs from the service provided to Apple's iPhones, which use an emergency SOS via satellite, utilizing Global Star satellites to establish a connection between the iPhones and ground stations. These six new satellites have a greater optical reflectivity than other Starlink broadband satellites. During the webcast of the January 2nd launch, SpaceX said they plan to consult with astronomers to determine what impact, if any, these new direct-to-cell satellites will have on observatories so SpaceX can make any necessary orbital adjustments. 
Starlink has told the U.S. Federal Communications Commission that its ultimate plan is to deploy 840 such satellites for direct-to-cell communications during the next six months. Voice and data services are not in its plans until sometime in 2025, and Starlink must first get regulatory permission for commercial use. This is Kent Peterson, KC0, DGY. As amateurs prepare to pack up and travel to Hamcation in Orlando, Florida, organizers of the annual event have announced winners of two major awards to be presented there next month, the Carol Perry Educator of the Year Award and the Gordon West Ambassador of the Year Award. Jack Parker, W8ISH, has that story. Louis Malchik, N2RQ, a co-founder of the ARRL School Club Roundup and an active participant in this year's event for more than 25 years, will receive the 2024 Carol Perry Educator of the Year Award at Hamcation. The honor recognizes educators for their contributions to advancing amateur radio among students. Lou is a former chemistry teacher at Brooklyn Tech High School in New York, where he is an advisor to the school's ham radio club, W2CXN. Lou also serves as a trustee for the ham club in Stuyvesant High School, W2CLS in Manhattan. He is also chairman of the Long Island Mobile Amateur Radio Club's Education Committee, which has sponsored five student contacts with amateur radio on the International Space Station. The Gordon West Ambassador of the Year Award recipient is being shared by Fred and Anita Kemmerer. Fred, AB1OC, and Anita, AB1QB, promote STEM education through amateur radio instruction and youth outreach through the Nausea Area Radio Society in New Hampshire. They are also the creators of Ham Boot Camp, which helps new licensees and prospective hams upgrade their skills. Fred is director of the ARRL's New England Division, and Anita is an assistant division director for mentoring and the development of new hams. Hamcation is being held from the 9th through the 11th of February, when the recipients will be honored. This is Jack Parker, W8ISH. The religious pilgrimage that began on January 8th in India is known as the Ganga Sagamela and is known for many things, but sadly the annual gathering of tens of thousands of worshippers from around the nation is also known for more than its share of people who go lost or missing. This year, a group of amateurs specializing in reuniting families has taken the proactive approach with a new online resource. Jason Daniels, VK2LAW, explains. Tens of thousands of Hindu pilgrims travel from around India to West Bengal for an annual festival of spirituality and renewal known as the Gangasaga Mela. They arrive in pursuit of a dip into the waters of the confluence of the Bay of Bengal and the Ganges River but many of them end up in pursuit of family members who have somehow wandered off. Ham radio operators with the West Bengal Radio Club have developed a specialty over the years in facilitating many kinds of reunions for missing persons. And this year, the hams have introduced a web portal that will help the lost become found. The website enables people to upload pictures of the person they're looking for, eliminating a long-standing issue of language barriers at such a large event. The West Bengal Club Secretary, Ambarish Nagbiswas, VU2JFA, said the website myham.in will display photos along with information about each person and their last known location. The Mela is scheduled to conclude on the 17th of January. 
This is Jason Daniels, VK2 LAW. In the world of DX, listen for Chris WA7RAR operating as 8P9CB from Barbados, IOTA number NA021, until the 25th of January. Many of his activation sites are also POTA sites. Listen on 20 through 10 meters where he'll be using CW and SSB. See QRZ.com for QSL details. Bob, W9XY, and Ken, K4ZW, are on the air from the ET3AA club station at Addis Ababa University's Institute of Technology until the 20th of January. They will concentrate on using the high bands, QSL via N2OO. SOTA summits have always been a special destination for those of us who embrace the wilderness of the airwaves in combination with the wilder spots here on Earth. For our final story, Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, tells us how enthusiasts in Scotland have been celebrating the life of one amateur who embraced both pursuits in different countries for many of his 80 years. The islands of Scotland, with their varied landscapes and promise of adventure, called to Andre Saunders, GM3VLB. Starting in the 1960s, he distinguished himself through a variety of portable operations and specialised aerial designs, concentrating later on the islands of his own home, Scotland. When he became a silent key in 2019, he left a means for the Lothians Radio Society to encourage amateur activity on those same islands that had served him so well. The Society, which launched an award scheme in 2022, recently announced the 2023 winners of the GM3VLB SOTA Islands Award. Ben Lloyd, GW4BML, in first place, and Paul Hodgkinson, G4IPB, in second place. The Society also honoured Gust, W9SSN, for successful activations furthest from his home QTH. The award has just entered its third year, and anyone in the world can help pay tribute to Andre through a series of valid activations from any SOTA summit in the GMSI Scottish Islands region. You simply have to be willing to travel to the islands, then climb or walk, sometimes through deep bogs, in Andre's footsteps. This is Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. If you have a piece of amateur radio news you think Newsline would be interested in, send a brief overview via the contact page at arnewsline.org. If it's newsworthy and we'd like to cover it, we'll get back to you for more details. Meanwhile, if you're feeling even a little bit poetic, visit our website to learn more about the Amateur Radio Newsline Haiku Challenge. We've started a new year and a new challenge. Use the entry form on our website and please follow the rules for the proper number of syllables when writing your three-line haiku. And be sure to check out our previous winners. With thanks to Amateur Radio Daily, Amateur Radio Digital Communications, ARRL, CQ Magazine, CNET, David Bihar, K7DB, DX World, EME Conference, Frank Bauer, KA3HDO, 425DX News, India.TV, Michael Colley, W4ORL, QRZ.com, ShortwaveRadio.de, The Soda Reflector, Space News, ThePrint.com, WMTW, WJBQ, and you, our listeners, that's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline.
Newsline. We remind listeners that Amateur Radio Newsline is an all-volunteer, nonprofit organization and incurs expenses for its continued operation. If you'd like to support us, visit our website at arnewsline.org and know we appreciate you all. We also remind listeners, if you like our newscast, leave us a five-star rating wherever you subscribe to us. For now, with Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT at the News Desk in New York, and our news team worldwide, I'm Jim Dameron, NATNW in Charleston, West Virginia, saying 73. As always, thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2024, all rights reserved.